Hello, good evening, or good, I don't know, afternoon, evening. Uh, I'm Alex Mosed. We're here on Winner Take All, where we talk about big tech monopolies versus traditional enterprise incumbents. I'm also joined by Nick Johnson, co-author of Modern Monopolies with me. Howdy. And we just have two topics today. One, we're going to really dissect Uber versus Lyft. And I think you're going to start to understand why um, Uber's intrinsic assets, Uber is actually a value stock. My value investor friends out there, Uber is a value stock. Okay. And I'm going to break down why that Uber is not priced correctly. We're going to break into that. And then the other one is um, uh, just the, the common, I would say, counter argument to us classifying Amazon as a tech monopoly is that, oh, well, Walmart has a greater share of retail than Amazon, and therefore, you know, um, Amazon's not doing anything wrong. Alex, winner-take-all show, you're wrong. Well, we're going to get into that. Okay, so let's look at, we're going to have a few different numbers here, so you're going to have to stick with us. Okay, first number, Uber current valuation, $53 billion. See it? In there. And then if we look at Lyft, $12 billion. So you say, okay, well, there's a um, roughly a $40 billion differential in the value. So let's dig into that. We look at Uber's last quarterly earnings. They break down very nicely. The breakdown of their gross bookings, this is their GMV. So you look at Q2 here of 2019, you'll see that. Um, $15.5 billion in the aggregate. And then the dark green is the breakdown of Uber uh, Eats versus Uber ride sharing. And um, you can see that kind of growing over the past few quarters. So basically what this is saying is that it lifted, they don't disclose this anymore, but lifted $8 billion in GMV in 2018, right? Now, what that means is if you look here in 2018, that means Uber ride sharing did about $32 billion. So roughly four times. Roughly four times. Um, and that, that really didn't grow much from Q4 18 to Q1 19, but it is growing now in Q2 19 in, in ride sharing for Uber. So if you just say if all things remain the same between Uber uh, versus Lyft in ride sharing, it's 4x. Maybe it's three, three and a half x if um, Lyft gains ground on Uber and, and Uber loses ground in the US. The thing to keep in mind is, though, is $32 billion of GMV for Uber is not all in the US, that's globally. Right. Um, and Lyft is just in the US, right? So I, th I would say, if we just conservatively say, let's say Lyft has gained ground on Uber, let's say it's three and a half x um, the uh, the amount of the the ratio of GMV from Lyft to Uber, and say Lyft has gained uh, on Uber, and that that differential has shrunk. Another thing to keep in mind here then is Uber owns seventeen point seven percent of Didi. Didi, in this article here, December of 2018, says they're trying to get around an $80 billion valuation. 
Didi is basically the Chinese equivalent of Uber. Uber tried to operate in China for a number of years and basically the competing directly with Didi and they were going heavily against each other in subsidies, both lighting lots of money on fire and basically came to an agreement and said, we'll sell you Uber China. We get some equity in Didi. So that's what they're, where that stake comes from. Their last funding round was about 56, $60 billion. Um, in Didi's 20, was. Didi. Now they're looking at about $80 billion. 17.7%. Basically, Uber owns between 12 to $15 billion worth of value um, in DD. Right. And, and they got that, that, that 17.7% for a, at a $5 billion valuation, I think, where they'd maybe sunk a few billion dollars of cash into China. So I would say from an ROI standpoint, Uber doing well. Uber China worked out pretty well for them, right? So- Twelve to fifteen billion dollars today in DD. Now here's the other thing. Let's look at Uber Eats. Again, Uber Eats um, over the past 12 months is doing between 10 and 12 billion dollars in GMV. Let's look at our friend Grubhub. Grubhub, this is uh, Feb 2019, Q4 quarterly gross food sales were 1.4 billion dollars in that quarter. So if we just annualize that thing, they're at what? Five, five and a half billion, call it six. If they're growing that, um, in 2019 in GMV on an annual basis, that by the way, means that Uber eats does basically double the volume of Grubhub. Okay. That's kind of crazy. That's what's Grubhub valued at. Oh, $5 billion. Public company in Platt. Okay. So that's one data point. Now let's look at, um, which, which is basically almost a, call it like a 1x GMV to, yeah. uh, to valuation Grubhub multiple. being a little more mature business, been out for a long time. So the, the growth multiple is going to be a little bit lower. Well, that's the interesting thing. So DoorDash, the other big player in the US, says, this was from May of 2019. That they did annualized GMV of $7.5 billion. Right. Valued at $12.6 billion. Right. So So, almost one and a half GMV, basically. Right. It's actually a higher valuation than what Grubhub is getting. Right. Because I think in that case, investors are pricing in growth. The growth. Exactly. Grubhub is not quite as growing, not as fast. Exactly. So now that's now that's at seven and a half billion in GMV. Uber is more. Right. Uber is at 10 to 12. I don't know. Even if you say, hey, well, they have more growth than Grubhub. Let's just say they have less growth than DoorDash. Give them a 1.25 multiple, whatever. Call that another 12 to $15 billion of value right. on the Uber Eats business. So let's break this down. I got 12 to $15 billion in value on Uber Eats. I got 12 to $15 billion of value on their stake in DD, Uber, uh, you know, basically Uber of China. That is basically 24 to $30 billion of value in, in basically this ownership stake in, in, in DD and then this side platform business called Uber Eats. And then they have at least 30 to $35 billion of GMV in ride sharing. Um, 
which again is getting uh, on on a lift standpoint is getting you know again more than a one x multiple GMV to valuation maybe around one and a half one point two five. So even if you could just give them a a one to one ratio, let's say Uber's doing, let's say their GMV has actually declined, um, right? It's still not valued all of that together, not being valued properly. It's just you know the numbers don't add up. Again, going back to what is Uber valued at today? I think if you the only other thing that I would say might factor in is let's say Uber has way more debt than Lyft. I don't think that's the case though, which wouldn't explain the discrepancy in price. Yeah, is is the balance sheet weaker or, you know, the, that kind of stuff. But but all all things the same. If you say there's 24 to 30 billion dollars there, they've got 35 billion dollars, you know, let's say 35 to 40 billion dollars of value from the ride sharing part of the business. So, that's what basically 60 to 70 billion dollars of value and then and then you you have a seven to seventeen billion dollar discount because the balance sheet isn't as strong. It just doesn't really add up. Maybe that'll be the next thing we look at is is the health of the balance sheet, but it just doesn't add up. The numbers don't add up, and so I think if these things were properly priced in, I think there's just a lot of negative sentiment on the company right now, right. and long term. I think they're just going to be able to use these network effects to compound upon each other, to apply pressure to these other competitive platform businesses, whether that's Grubhub and um, and uh, DoorDash, DoorDash uh, in the U.S., or that's you know Lyft in the U.S. and then their international businesses. Yeah, long term, I feel very bullish on Uber. Especially given this is just back of the napkin analysis, but I think it's hard to argue with 24 to 30 billion dollars of just intrinsic value in Eats and then their ownership stake in Didi. And then it's just a question of what are you going to value the ride sharing at? And I don't think you're going to give it a a sub 1x multiple of GMV to value. It just, it just, I just can't get there. Um, So anyway, let's look at Walmart. Here is uh, the, the breakdown of Walmart to Amazon market share. And um, I think this was taken. Yeah, this is no. Oh, this is a, a little less than a year ago, November of 2018. Basically, you can see um, it says, "Hey, Walmart." This is in the U.S. has about 8.9 percent market share. Amazon has 6.4 percent of overall consumer retail spend. Overall consumer retail spend in the U.S. is two and a half trillion dollars. Amazon. I mean, Walmart globally is doing about 500, 520 billion dollars in revenue. Right. Um, not all of that from the U.S. though, and so they're basically a touch under nine percent. They say, "Hey, look, Amazon has less market share of retail in the U.S. than Walmart." And why is this an issue, or why does this come up? Because what we talk about a lot on this show is that Amazon's a tech monopoly, absolutely, and tech monopolies at scale will naturally start to take advantage of their suppliers, their producers. So in Amazon's case, that's third-party right. sellers. If left unchecked. If left unchecked, which is basically exactly what's happened. Yes. And you're seeing this in the matchmaking, which we covered on the last episode, how Amazon's ranking its own products versus other third-party products, um, how uh, third-party sellers and the data that they're providing, Amazon is just being used against them. And, and there's a lot of examples there. I won't rehash all of that. 
Anyway, all that is to say, what people will commonly say is, oh, well, Walmart and retailers for years have been favoring their own white label products over their third party products. Right. Walmart, Rite Aid, CVS all have their own private label products. They have choose given where them, to put them on the shelf. Yes, yeah. better shelf placement yeah. than the competitive, you know, the other brand names. How is this any different than that? Okay. Here is how it is different. Okay. Yes, these numbers, overall share of retail, the numbers are true. Point is, you're comparing apples to oranges. What is the orange in this scenario? Because I like oranges more than apples. The orange, and and look, and Amazon has the orange line. Um, The orange in this scenario is that if you look at the amount of share of e-commerce spend, um, Amazon, no matter what report you look at, Amazon is always at least 50% of e-commerce spend in the United States. Well, I'd say 40, 40 plus, uh, depending on whose numbers you trust. And I think they've done a good job of making sure that those are clamped down. Yes. I mean, when you just look at the, the number one to number two differential from this chart, which there's a lot of things wrong on this chart. This is from eMarketer, but we won't rehash that. Um, Amazon total GMV is actually $277 billion for 2018, not 234. Um, that probably is, that probably puts you right at 50% rather than this 44.8%. So maybe that's why 234 is being reported here. I don't know. Point is they're saying top 10 players have $350 billion in total e-commerce, uh, in the U S I don't know what the what what the what the bottom you know um, right the bottom eighty or ninety percent or whatever the rest of it is, but even if you say it's a five hundred billion dollar e commerce market in the U.S., then Amazon absolutely has more than half of it. I mean, they I guess they're saying yeah forty four percent. They're saying yeah fifty five percent of this. Yeah, it's roughly five hundred billion dollars. Amazon, um, if you now look at this by saying what percent of market share does Amazon have from marketplaces Right, where I'm a third-party seller and I can go now sell products online as a third-party seller? It'd be above, definitely above 50% on that. The next, I think the next biggest is eBay and eBay. then Walmart. Uh, and that's not even close. 35, right. Walmart, 20. I would say absolutely Amazon is 75 plus percent of marketplace Market. options online. Right. And that's the other reason this is apples to oranges. When you're talking about Walmart's store or CVS and selling private label products, totally different business model. I'm not a marketplace. I'm taking those products. I own those products. I'm taking balance sheet risk, basically acting as a reseller, stocking these products. I own the products. I resell them. So that's very different than saying I'm a marketplace. I am providing a service to a producer, a third-party seller to come sell their products where I am supposed to provide essentially ostensibly a neutral venue for you to do that and reach customers. It's a totally different business model. So it's not fair to compare Walmart in their traditional model, not a marketplace, reseller, taking balance sheet risk, uh, very different from marketplace connecting buyers and sellers. Another difference, apples, oranges, right? I'm not talking about the consumer. I'm talking about the producer. I'm talking about the seller. Right. So I honestly don't care about e-commerce market share because that's looking at the seller that's looking at overall demand all we're talking about is 
producers are taken advantage of because Amazon's a monopoly. And if you look at it in that spectrum, all you should be looking at is what is the total amount of 3P third-party seller volume, right? So I would take 58%, which is how much 3P sellers accounted for of the $277 billion of GMV on Amazon. Last year. Yeah. I would take you know, all of all, all this 35 billion from eBay is all three piece third party sellers. They don't do any linear selling. Right. And you would take how much three piece seller Walmart has from their marketplace and goat and StockX and some of these places are doing a billion. And then you would say, okay, what is the total pool? If I'm going to sell products online as a third party seller, what is the total pool of money that is being spent or that total demand segment that I could tap into as a third-party seller. And then you look at how much Amazon has as a share of that. It's right. It's it's <laughs> Google level monopoly. It's Google level monopoly. Right. It's exactly. It's very clear. Exactly. That's what we're talking about. Now that's point one. It, the, the would be like comparing to use the Google analogy, like comparing Google's dominance and online ads to TV advertising and saying, oh, Google's not a monopoly because there's people still buy TV ads. It's right. different. And now if I'm a vendor, if I'm a vendor and I want to go sell to Walmart and you say, oh, again, we're looking at, everyone's looking at this through the wrong spectrum. They're looking at this through the customer. They need to be looking at this from the supply side, right? right? If the platform can lock in supply and really hunker down on that, then that's what we're talking about. I'm in a monopoly. I can take advantage of supply. We're not talking about the consumer. Consumers, by and large, are coming out way ahead on tech monopolies, okay? 9%. So if I'm a vendor, I've got 91% of the market that I can go to. <clears throat> we're going to redo this chart next time we sit down here, and we're going to show you what share of the market do you have to, if you are a third-party seller online, what of that pool does Amazon control? It's easily going to be at least 70%. And that means you're a tech monopoly. And that means that looking at this through total retail spend, um, the the system has won. It's 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 like that that documentary that I was talking about called Fed Up, which says <laughs> you know the the established sugar and food industry has trained the the U.S. Um, the U.S. to look at calorie count as opposed to also looking at things like sugar intake. And then they say, oh, well, how many calories are you eating? And then you say, well, you know, 100 calories of almonds is not the same as 100 calories of eating, uh, drinking fruit, a Coke fruit or, by the foot. or eating fruit by the foot. And then you say, well, each one says it's 100 calories. It's the same thing. That's what these guys are trying to pull off here. And it doesn't make uh, any sense. Pretty, pretty good sign. Generally, the true monopoly is you try to uh, expand the market to make your market share look less than it really is. Yeah. Generally speaking, if you're playing that game. You're probably a monopoly. Thank you. Exactly. So anyway, for everyone talking about this, oh, it's the same thing as Walmart has been doing. Absolutely not. That's not true. Fake news. <laughs> On that note, thank you for joining us on Winner Take All, and we will talk to you tomorrow, maybe with some nice graphs.